Blog Talk Radio. everybody and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico and right alongside, of course, each and every week is none other than Legends Tour player and LPJ professional Cindy Miller. And we are, of course, the hosts of the Women of Golf Show. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic for a nice, bright, sunny uh, Tuesday morning. Uh, got a little rain coming in this afternoon, but other than that, it's going to be a fantastic day. And uh, we've got a great show this morning, Cindy. Um, we've got uh, a, a young lady coming on here in just a moment. Uh, Kendall Dye, of course, was the winner of this past weekend's Metro Tour event, the uh, uh, 34th annual uh, Facillo Kia Classic of New York, which I understand uh, just a moment ago that you had mentioned that you actually got a chance to meet her yesterday. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And then later on in the show, we're going to be uh, joined by, once again, she was here earlier in the season, uh, Louise Ball, of course, is a great LBJ professional teacher and club professional, going to be joining us uh, from Knoxville, Tennessee. So uh, we're excited to have both of them on the show this morning. Uh, let me just remind everybody, Cindy, before we start, uh, that we are live every Tuesday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern uh, Standard Time here on the blogtalkradio.com network. Best way, to, of course, to find us is go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf. Uh, every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern, you can listen to us live. Uh, you can even call into the show if you want. The number to call, of course, is area code 347-945-5855. Uh, but for some reason, if you can't join us live, just visit that link and scroll down to the on-demand section, and all of the shows, of course, are auto-recorded, so you can listen to them when it's convenient for you. Uh, you can also go to iTunes.com, Stitcher.com, or TuneIn.com, and again, just type in Women of Golf uh, into the search key, and that will take you to the main pages on those uh, respective social media platforms. And You can listen to us uh, lots of great places, so we hope you'll join us uh, each week. Um, also, you can reach out to either Cindy or I. We'd love to hear from you, get some good feedback uh, you can reach out to Cindy at her email, and it's cindy at cindymillergolf.com, and mine is ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. Um, cindy, as I mentioned, uh, we've got a great guest uh, starting the show off this morning. Of course, uh, Kendall Dye uh, was the winner of this past weekend's uh, Facilokia Classic of New York. Uh, she's a, pa- a proud University of Oklahoma alumna uh, who came away with her third uh, Symmetra Tour winner, so she's a uh, uh, title, excuse me, so she's uh, certainly no uh, slouch to the winner's circle. Uh, she won this past weekend's event, as I mentioned, at, uh, that was held at the uh, Capitol Hills at Albany Golf Course in Albany, New York, uh, and recorded a 10-under-par performance to win uh, that event by one shot. Uh, two other victories, as I mentioned. She's won some other victories. Last year, she won the 2017 Four Wins Invitational, and a few years before that, she won the 2014 Iowa Golf Classic. Um, following her win, of course, uh, she managed to jump 46 spots in the Volvic race for the card to number 20. So she's in striking way, uh, range, of course. And at the end of the season, of course, the top 10 in the Volvic race for the card earned their uh, 2019 LPJ membership. So I'm sure she's very excited to, uh, to do that. So, Cindy, let's welcome our very special guest this morning, Kendall Dye. Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me all right? We, we can hear can. you just perfect. Perfect. These are my first words of the day. <laughs> How are y'all doing? Thanks for having fantastic. me. We're we're doing fantastic. Congratulations, first off, from both of us for uh, for a great event uh, this past weekend for for coming out in the winner circle. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. It was uh, quite a weekend of um, weird instances, but um, very happy to come away with the win for sure. What was well, so that's good. Um, I don't know if she heard that. No, I'm sorry. Kendall, what did y'all say? Tell us what was so yeah, weird. Can, oh, well, where do I begin? First off, um, the weather. Uh, 
which is is not unusual but um Friday, I was on the range warming up for the first round. We got called in, which was expected from the forecast. Um, we basically had straight line winds. It was almost a tornado coming through there. Um, we were supposed to have Chase Rice, the country music artist, perform that night. His poor stage got blown to pieces. Um, wow. Thankfully, no one was hurt in any of it. Um, so that was canceled. The next morning, we get back out there to resume play. Delayed, delayed finally get out on the golf course it's sunny uh get pulled in at two o'clock that afternoon um go back out but the the weirdest thing was sunday for for my experience um i had my final round which was only the second round really uh finishing up that morning so i was done at twelve fifty, i think and uh had to wait around for that entire other wave to play and complete their final round of 36 oh, holes and no, so, um, you know, and I was supposed to be in route to Jamestown, New York, where, where we were yesterday for a pro-am, and um, so it's kind of like, you know, just twiddle my thumbs for about six or seven hours, and um, the tour tells me that it was mathematically impossible for anyone to beat me, so we start doing interviews and such, and I just didn't feel right until I always say the fat lady needs to sing. Uh, weirder right. things have happened, and um, right. so I, I call my grandma um, before she heads to church in Memphis on Sunday night uh, to tell her the good news, and so that she could, you know, share it with her her friends at church. And uh, at the very last second, our uh, media guy sprints off, and you know, Elizabeth Sokol has eagled and birdied and this and that, and she's oh she birdies the last hole. We're in a playoff. And so I've been, you know, just hanging out. And so I go to the car, get my shoes, get my clubs. Wow. You know, the, the, the tour has cleaned up everything. So we go and scrounge up some range balls. And I'm just sitting there warming up. And I'm actually striping it after hanging out for six hours. I'm like, that's just kind of cruel, isn't it? Like, why would they tell me and make me do these interviews? And, you know, I, I just, I can't believe it. I was in disbelief. And so, yep, she makes her birdie, and she's a great friend of mine. So I was happy for her. I'm like, okay, we'll just go. This will be a cool story. Maybe I'll go and just make this hole-in-one, you know, for this playoff hole and get on the road finally. And uh, so our our tournament director, Jim Miller, he runs up to the range. The score is wrong. The score is wrong. You won. And I'm like, what? Oh, are you kidding me? (laughs) In, in a matter of, you know, five minutes is what it felt like to me. It wasn't many minutes. And uh, I said, this is the craziest and cruelest thing. I don't believe you. I don't believe anybody until Elizabeth and I talk. Like, I just cannot believe anybody. So apparently we have a live or we have a volunteer in every single threesome who walkie-talkies back into the clubhouse so that we can um, put that on the Internet for live scoring. And I've known for as many years as I've played professional golf, don't ever trust it. But for him to have her score two shots off when she really shot eight under, which is a wonderful score for two days. So, anyways, Elizabeth comes up on the range with a huge smile on her face and said, you you won, you won. He was way off with my score, you won. So, she's as good as gold. Wow. Uh, she didn't have to do that. But um, she was uh, happy for me, and I was happy for her. And we were kind of get joking around. I'm like, man, I wanted to play with you for one more hole, hopefully. <laughs> So it was weird, oh a very weird um, finish. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's how that uh, wow. Now that's a tournament. <laughs> so yeah, that's. A, I mean, you know. Well, I hope the sorry, Cindy. Go ahead. Sure was. It's not over till it's over. I mean, we all know as golfers, you know, in match play or whatever, you got to believe that everyone can hole out, and you know, who knows what. But um, you know. That was that was kind of a weird. I just thought, well, what if I don't win? And you know, that why? That's just you know, kind of cruel. But I'm happy to uh, have had the victory and didn't have to go into a playoff. But I was striping it <laughs> on the range, getting ready. I was only working on seven and eight irons, and kind of in between the playoff hole was a uh, one forty nine par three, and um, so that would have been a, a fun finish, but thankfully, yeah, I got my heart rate up for a little bit when I'm like, whoa, okay, I'll go get ready. But dang. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, wow. Wow. that's why I waited around. Yeah. You know, that's why you wait around, <laughs> just in case of a playoff. Or, I mean, if someone is going to go shoot sixty-two or sixty-one to beat me, then good on them. You know, they deserve the win. Um, but, yep, yeah, that's golf. Well, God bless you. You deserve that. <laughs> that's right. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me. So I have um, to ask you. Wait one second, Ted. I have to ask her about golf yep. for Africa because I'm friends with Betsy King. And Betsy um, created a wonderful charity where they provide water for children in Africa. And you know that children are near and dear to my heart, Ted, so I have to ask Kendall Mm -hmm. what she does for golf for Africa. So will you share that? I hadn't been asked that this weekend, which um, thankfully I was wearing the the hat and the bag. So hopefully um, that got us a little bit of uh, props out there. But, yeah, so I was able to meet Betsy about – four years ago before I ever got on the LPGA and I knew that she had this charity. I had never really had an opportunity to do any kind of mission work growing up because we're just always so busy and this and that. And um, so when I finally got to play with her, I said, Betsy, I would love to be a part of your foundation and in any sort of way, I would love to go to Africa with you. And so I just kind of jumped with two feet in and uh, didn't know if I could financially afford it or even be able to do it with my schedule, but I uh, was able to go with her to Africa in December of 2015, along with uh, LPGA players, Christy McPherson, Cheyenne Woods, and Amy Anderson at the time, Amy Olson now. <clears throat> and we had the greatest trip. I mean, we were able to dedicate wells and um, see every single stage of the building of the well. And, you know, these people, Cheyenne and I each um, fundraised $15,000 to be able to um, have our own, as you can call it, well. And uh, they kind of did a surprise on me on the final day. I, my, my well wasn't on the itinerary, so I guess I just didn't raise enough money, but they all had a surprise. And so it was the, the drilling of a well. So you're out here in the middle of absolute nowhere Africa, and these people who could be, you know, newborns to 80-year-old um, people had never – experience fresh clean cold water and so the trucks hit the earth boom fresh cold water just burst into the sky and it was uh, easily the coolest experience of my Mm. life because it's you know blistering hot and uh, we're just dancing under the the muddy dirt it's just awesome so following that year um the four of us girls thought well that was quite easy to fundraise you know cheyenne's got a great name it didn't take her any time didn't take me any time with um, people from Oklahoma and people, you know, friends that I've made along the way. So we together um, decided to fundraise for a mechanized system, which is a $50,000 um, mechanized system that's based off of solar panels, pipe to a lot more people. People can have taps at their hut um, and it could probably reach 10,000 people. So we did that uh, the following year, 2016. And so it's just been, um, you know, a a part of my life and they've asked me to come on the staff as a fundraiser and I'm on the board of directors now and I'm actually going to go back this December, I think December 4th with Betsy and hopefully lead a group of LPGA players um, and donors over there. So it's it's a trip, a perspective trip and it's something that I never want to forget. It's something that I think about each and every day, Um, just realize how good we have it and how little goes such a long way over there that is so cool yeah you need to come on yeah first well i was gonna go and it might have been the year that you went and she she emailed me and said can you come and i and i just couldn't make it work but i would love to do it i would love to do it you know and i'm creating a youth um i have a youth uh personal development program i created my own nonprofit here and it's just starting. I've only been doing it about a year, and I'm gaining a little bit of traction. I'm creating youth awesome. behavior reports and motivation reports, and I'm meeting with the Buffalo City Schools. So um, stand by. Maybe I can bring this <clears throat> personal development program to the kids in Africa. That would be wonderful. That would be wonderful. Yeah, the people of Africa are – I mean, I never knew in a million years that Africa would be a part of my life. But um, it forever changed me, that's for sure. Kendall, let, let me ask you just sort of a follow-up from that. Obviously, you know, you got to see the expression um, on a lot of the, the, the people's uh, faces once this, you know, water, as you said, sort of came gushing out. Um, that ov- obviously had to have struck a, a bit of a nerve for you just to see that and appreciate how much 
we over here kind of take for granted what individuals in Africa and other, um, you know, third world countries like that, um, what they go through day to day just to get something as simple as water that, that we can just literally turn on a tap and get. That had to have really sent a message to you, obviously, um, that what you're doing uh, by giving back to, to others that are mis, you know, not as fortunate as you are um, had to be very, very satisfying. Absolutely. I mean, when we went to that village um, where they all surprised me as a group that this was going to be the Kindle by Friends and Family Well, um, we have translators there so that, you know, it's easy to communicate with the, the people in the village. And um, so we're going back and forth talking to them. And, and I've got ladies rolling in the dirt at my feet, like a tortilla kind of thing, just rolling back and forth. And that is their sign of the utmost respect. It was insanely overwhelming. I'm like, please get up, get up, please. You don't have to do this. But, um, you know, water is life, and it's not just to drink. I mean, they know that what they're drinking in those nasty, dirty ponds or wherever they're getting it from is killing them. But what else can they do? They have to find something. So um, absolutely overwhelming. I mean, when we would go from village to village, these people knew that we were important. Um, they don't even know what golf is, I'm sure. You know, a lot of them, some of them right. did, but a lot of them, you know, okay, it's a sport. That's cool. Um, they don't know who Tiger Woods is or, you know, anything like that. They don't even know what a TV is. And it's 2018, which right. is just so bizarre. But, um, you know, when, when we were greeted at each village, they would just come swarming to our trucks and just hugging and kissing and loving on all of us, just unconditional. Their faith is wow. so pure and strong. Um, yeah. I mean, it just still gives me chills and it's been three years since I've been there. So I cannot wait to go back. Um, and it's, you know, those yeah. trips are not for the meek. I mean, it's a, it's a tough, you know, it's a tough day. It's, you know, an hour or two hours one way from our hotel or wherever we're staying to get to them. And then, um, we're there, you know, all day, but it is the most life changing experience. And if anyone could ever go, just go and commit and um, you'll forever be changed. And, and yeah, we're doing great work for them, life changing work for them, but what they give back to us is just, it's priceless for sure. Yeah. And you know, what a lot of people don't realize too, Kendall, um, really what you're doing by providing these wells, um, you know, a lot of these folks sometimes will travel several miles just to get water so this, you know, as you said, really is, yeah. can be life-changing for them because, I mean, you know, we've seen so many times through many documentaries and things where, you know, you'll see the women with pots on their head and they'll be walking, you know, sometimes 10 miles a day back and forth yeah. just to get fresh, you know, or actually not fresh drinking water in a lot of cases, yeah. as you pointed out. So, right. yeah, so yeah. That, kudos the reali- to you and, the reality- and all of the others. Yeah, the reality is it's not like the folks, it's, it's mostly young female children. So they're not going to right. school. Um, you know, animals are getting them. Men are getting them. It's a terrible, a terrible thing going on right now. So in order for them to get and, and what they're going and getting miles and miles each and every day is not good water. It is mostly unsafe, disgusting, nasty water that they know right. is killing them. It's not it's making them sick. But it's not just health. I mean, it's, it would allow the girls to go to school. It would allow the women to have their own businesses. I mean, it's it's yeah. so much more than just drinking water, you know. Right. But it's it's a start. It's a start to a different way of life for them, and that's fantastic. Um, Cindy, I just want to ask another question real quick, and then I'll throw it back to you. Um, just going back to the tournament for a second, uh, Kendall, of course, you mentioned about uh, the rain delays. And I just had a kind of an interesting question, I thought. Because um, the, the tournament was reduced to 36 holes, obviously because of the, the rain delays and that. Does the rain delay throw a lot of players off, do you think? And what about you? When you have a long delay, uh, you know, possibly, if it's a few minutes, maybe it's not so bad, but if you might have several hours, how does it affect your game? And what do you do to get yourself back into that mindset to continue playing? Well, I mean, I've been around this game most of my life. And if anyone ever plays golf or an outdoor sport, you're going to be used to delays and whatnot. Um, you know, on any win that I've ever had on the Symmetra tour, you know, my first one in 14, it was a Monday finish because of a lot of storms in Orlando last summer in South Bend, Indiana it was blowing 25 plus miles an hour. Um, so I'm 
I'm used to it because I'm an old bird. I've been around the game for a while, so I always bring a book and a, a phone <laughs> charger, and you know, I'm I'm prepared to keep my little self busy. Um, but you know, on a normal golf day, like if I'm not in a tournament, sometimes I just go straight from the car to the first tee, and so I'd be a little bit, um, you know, loose in order to uh, go out there and you know play one hole, get pulled back in, sit for six hours, be able to go and compete and play your best, you know whatever you're given, you, you got to be ready when the bell goes off. And so, um, thankfully, even though I am an old bird, I feel like I can still get out there and get loose pretty quick. Some girls get, you know, negative and frustrated with whatever the rules officials or tournaments deciding, you know, mentally. And and before this tournament ever started, I said, I I just got to be more mentally tough than, than the next girl. So I guess my parents have always said I was a mutter, but maybe it is coming true. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well said. Um, Cindy, yeah. go ahead. Did you enjoy yourself yesterday? It was so nice to meet you in person, and I thought, wow, I hope she's our guest tomorrow. So tell us about <laughs> your day yesterday and what we did at Link Charity Classic in Jamestown, New York. Yeah, well, i tell you what, we'll back up a little bit because we had to wait. Christy McPherson, who's a fellow LPGA member, we travel together at least uh, these couple of weeks. And so, poor thing, she had to wait around for about eight hours. And so, we just hit the road running at about 8.30 on Sunday night to get to Jamestown, New York. So, I drove about four hours. We're, we're trying to eat really healthy and do this cleanse for the next month or so. And we can't find anything to eat, so we don't eat a thing. I'm hangry at mm. this point <laughs> we go to bed about i don't know 2 a.m in jamestown wake up uh still trying to eat healthy i when i met you i was not feeling well whatsoever i was uh having a migraine almost which i don't really have those but um so i did not have a, a steak dinner and a good glass of red unfortunately at least not yet but um was happy to get some caffeine in my system yesterday and played with uh, a really fun group from um, Therma King, which they have a lot of truck and trailer companies that uh, sponsor yesterday's Pro-Am, which my father is in the trailer business. So um, I need to get my dad up there to play in that one day. But we had a great time. Uh, I had to leave them with one hole to go in order to catch my flight out of Cleveland. Um, but we had a great time benefiting uh, the local charity there, hospital, and uh, I'm sad that I missed the dinner, but I'm thinking it was a, a really big success. I think, what, what do we have, 25 teams? Yeah. Somewhere in there? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was great. So it's been going on for how long? You you that probably have 20, known. Yes. Yeah, tw- you, you're telling yourself that you're an old bird. Well, I'm older than you, so <laughs> I could be your mommy. But, um In fact, Alan Short and Mary Blair came to me 27 years ago when I had my shirt business in Silver Creek downtown and asked me if I would help them start a charity pro-am. So that's 27 years ago. Isn't that something? All right. That's awesome. That's a huge success. A lot of good people behind that charity. And Donna Wilkins, LPGA former player and uh, staff. She, I mean, she's the most selfless person I know and uh, us players should do anything for her. So I'll drive in the middle of the night to go and help her out for sure. Awesome. Ted. Fantastic. Yeah. I want to ask you um, just another question Uh, again, going back to uh, golf for a second. Uh, I read a very interesting quote uh, from you um, through some of the notes that that Zach had sent us um, that you really wanted to shoot a 63 today, but because uh, I've never touched it, uh, you had a specific number in mind when you began the final round. Is setting goals like that important to you as a tour player and why? Maybe you can share this uh, to help some of the amateurs tuning in this morning. Well, it was more so the first day because I just got off to a really hot okay. start, and I know that people can say, oh, I should have made this, I should have made that. I missed four, three four-footers in that first round, and I actually um, had two bogeys on par fives when I was home in two. So it was um, could have been nasty. And so on the uh, mm. final hole of um, – of day one, which was Saturday, I thought, okay, let's go get one more birdie to, to go and break 63. You just got to have those mindsets while you're out there of 
instead of putting it on cruise control, let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. If it's going to be this kind of day, I mean, it was crazy. Those greens were not in the best of shape. They felt like they were rolling sevens. I felt like I was Brant Snedeker out there just popping it. And they just kept dropping, kept dropping. Um, and then the next day, you're like, you know, it's just the fact that, okay, it's really hard to follow up the next day with another nine birdie round, you know. Um, so I just didn't want to plateau or get that in my head. So I just thought, well, I, I took a nap, but why can't I just go and do another 65 or better? I'm not really a huge goal setter, but I just thought I need to have that mentality of fired every pin because the greens were so soft. They were As soon as they landed, that's where they stopped. So played smart when I needed to. I don't have to hit driver out there all the time, but it was just so wet, actually. I kind of did um, this weekend. But everything just came together. You know, this this year has been one of my worst. I mean, on the on paper, it's my worst golf result year yet, um, which is not not what you want at 31 years old. But I just knew that things were going to piece together, or surely they had to. You know, it can't be this bad for this long. I was working hard. I was doing the right things. Um, you know, I'd have a great day of putting and not a great day of finding fairways or finding greens and then vice versa. Yeah, you know, I missed every cut on the LPJ this year. And um, that's that's not uplifting, but you just have to kind of bear down and be around the right people and know that good things are to come and hopefully right around the corner. And sure enough, a win. I didn't know a win was going to be right around the corner, but grateful for it for sure. I have well, to have. um, yeah. go ahead, Cindy. Sorry, sorry, Ken. So let's let's talk about that. I, my husband and I both played on the. He played on the PGA Tour for 15 years. I played on the LPGA Tour for three. I played on the Legends Tour longer than I played on the LPGA Tour. But we teach an awful lot of kids, and and we're very fortunate that all of a sudden a lot of these kids are starting to break scoring barriers, they're breaking 80, they're winning tournaments. You know, we've got one young man who wasn't sure he really liked golf. He shot 84 yesterday in his lowest round ever before. That was like 94. So that's so awesome. Starting it. Yeah, yeah. Again, little wins, right, that means so much. But let me ask <clears throat> you, what do you do when you start to doubt yourself and you wonder if your process and what you've been working on is really the right thing? And you can have doubt and apprehension, and you might be almost looking outside yourself for what's wrong instead of bearing down and being account- accountable and responsible to what you're working on. What do you do to get out of that? Well, um, faith is a huge part of my life. So I would say that, that <laughs> my relationship with Jesus Christ, um, talking with him about it, you know, God you better slam this door shut if you really don't want me out here. That that's been a big conversation this year. Or, okay, you, you can start opening it up if it's in your plan. And sure enough, you know that was a, a really, uh, <laughs> a really cool thing. You know, I am surrounded by some wonderful, wonderful people. So yeah, I do look outside myself. Julie Inkster called me. I mean, the list of Hall of Famers who called me after my win is. The coolest thing about ever even being a professional golfer, I'm getting to talk to you, Cindy. I'm getting to talk and have relationships with my heroes of when I was little. Um, but, you know, I have my childhood head pro and uh, just all these different people that I have, have such great relationships with that I go to them. I really do, you know, have conversations with them. My roommate, Christy McPherson, I mean, that girl has had a career and hasn't had the best of years. Thankfully this year she's having a good one, but we play the most golf together and she's got more belief in me than sometimes I do. So um, people see it and I know it. And that's why it was just so frustrating of, um, man, why is it not clicking? But that's golf, you know, that's golf. Tiger Woods mm-hmm. has had some slumps. So I'm Kendall die. Why, why, you know, I'm surely I'm going to have some slumps. So just got to bear through it. If you really want it that bad and know in your heart and gut that there are better days to come with what you're doing, then bear down and keep at it. Well Thank said. You. Yeah. Well said, Kendall. Thank you. Um, I like the fact just a quick, yeah, just a quick note. Uh, we, unfortunately we have to let you go. Um, our, our time's up this morning with you, but um, I, I just wanted to add a quick note. Uh, I, I agree wholeheartedly with what you said in the beginning uh, particularly, I think having a strong spiritual side um, is extremely important in, in any 
facet of life, whether you're playing out on tour uh, or you're just uh, working uh, a regular uh, day-to-day job, I think it's important to to be able to draw on that. And uh, I, I applaud you for, for being uh, open and honest about that because I know it's not always easy sometimes, and especially in today's uh, society. So kudos to you again for that. Um, Kendall, I, I'm going to throw this out there, and I think Cindy would probably agree with me. Um, I think we would love to have you come back and spend some more time, and I think it would be really cool. And we'll, we'll work behind the scenes on that, not only for yourself, but also um, maybe we can get some others to come in and talk a little bit more about Golf for Africa. I think that would be a great uh, segment on the show. So uh, if, you, yeah, if you would be interested in that, maybe we can get some of your, uh, your fellow pros and, and uh, connections that uh, are working on that project. And Cindy, maybe we can uh, help put that together on our end and uh, set some so- time aside on the show to uh, to have you guys come on and talk about that in a little bit more detail and maybe uh, hopefully help uh, with some fundraising. But, um, Kendall, we want to take this opportunity to, to, again, congratulate you on your win this past weekend, and please keep up the great work, and, and we'll be in touch soon. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. You'll have a great one. Thank you. Safe travels. Many birdies. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. All right, that was uh, our first guest this morning, uh, Kendall Dye, uh, winner of the uh, Fusillo Kia Classic of New York this past weekend, uh, her third win on the Symmetra Tour, and uh, just a great, uh, a great player, and just really has some some very interesting perspectives, I think, and and right on the money, Cindy. I know I've heard you say many similar things that she said about uh, out there, and you just sometimes have to accept what's thrown your way, right? Absolutely. And, you know, it's just yeah, so thanks. nice to see their resilience and tenacity yes. and belief yeah. and and just never give up and how they really surround themselves with positive people and friends. You have to do that because this game will get you down if you let it. You know, and exactly. And, and I know you've, you've spoken many times about that on the show. The other thing, too, Cindy, I just want to very quickly, and then we need to, to bring our, our next guest on because she's very patiently waiting for us. Um, I can't emphasize enough just how much some of these great players, yourself included, um, give back, um, you know, that, that have enjoyed a, a, a great career and are still continuing to enjoy a great career uh, in the LPGA um, and just seem to, to go out into the, their communities and, and just do some great work and helping and uh, fundraising and charity work and things like that. So uh, hats off to all of the members of the LPGA uh, organization all over the place uh, for all of the great work that you're doing. You guys are just fantastic. Um, Cindy, let's, uh, we'll bring on our, our next uh, guest. Uh, of course, she's coming back. She was on earlier this season. Of course, I'm talking about Louise Ball. She's a, an LPGA professional and owner of and director of instruction of the TN Golf Academy. Uh, she's been a member of the LPGA Teacher and Club Professional for 20-plus years, grew up in Massachusetts, and currently residing in Knoxville, Tennessee, with her husband Tom and their two Bassett Hounds. Uh, as I mentioned, she's the owner of the TN Golf Academy and uh, spends much of her time teaching private and group lessons to men and women of all ages and uh, ability levels. Uh, she's also site director for the LPGA USGA Girls Golf of Eastern Tennessee and runs her club's youth golf program uh, does all kinds of other great things. So let's uh, bring her on, uh, Cindy, and welcome back, Louise Ball. Good morning, my buddy. Good morning, you guys. How are you? We're doing great. How are We're you? We're doing fantastic. We're doing. I'm good. I think. I think I just learned a couple things about uh, bearing down with my own golf game. So I'm excited. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Took a few notes. Well said. <laughs> Well said. Um, let me just uh, start off because I know that you do a lot of great work as well. And then, and Cindy, I'll throw it back to you. Um, you know, Louise, as I was just mentioning here just before you came on about all the great work that, that you ladies do in the LPGA organization, uh, just all different types of uh, ways that you give back. I know that uh, uh, one of the things that you've done, and we mentioned this on the last time you were on the show earlier in the year, uh, volunteering for Special Olympics in Tennessee, and of course the Belly Rubs uh, Bassett Rescue is something else that you're very passionate about uh, for obvious reasons. Um, just maybe touch about, and then we'll, we'll continue on with, uh, I know you want to talk about some junior golf and things like that, um, but just talk about from your perspective just how important it is 
for all of us to really be able to give back. I mean, we're so blessed with, um, I don't know how much you heard of the earlier segment, but uh, Kendall, of course, is working with an organization, Golf for Africa, uh, you know, drilling wells and things like that, just to give them some, some fresh drinking water and, and making their lives a, a little bit easier. How important is it for us as human beings in general to be able to give back to one another? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, I think it's really, I feel like it's my moral responsibility. Um, you know, I have parents who um, always looked at the bigger picture and, um, you know, if, if we weren't kind or, or doing, trying to do something to help somebody else, um, that was a big, that was a big conversation in our family. So I kind of grew up that way. Um, and it's nice mm-hmm. with golf, you know, you can reach so many different uh, people and, and do different things that really, you just have to use your imagination. So, um, you know, things that I'm passionate about, that makes it easy to, you know, hop in there. So in college, I was majored in um, therapeutic recreation. So I did a lot of different practicals with different populations. Um, So I I knew that was something I wanted to keep in my golf business when I became a golf professional. Um, So that Special Olympics thing kind of fell in my lap just through some students I was teaching that um, a couple with autism and then um, one boy in particular, a young man, now he's 22, um, that really is undiagnosed. He has a host of issues, but um, he's a great golfer. So he's the one that really wanted to pursue the Special Olympics thing. And uh, so that's how I got involved in that and then just started my own clinic at the club where I work. Fantastic. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and, yeah, you know, and it just, again, epitomizes really um, the – the fact that so many people like yourselves uh, recognize just how important it is to, to be able to get involved because there are a lot of people out there, you know, whether it's the folks over in Africa that, that struggle just to get fresh drinking water or people back here that, that have some uh, physical or, or even some mental challenges that, that need our help. And I think it's important. And you, you hit it right on the head. There are so many people within the golfing community, both players and, and teaching professionals and, and other uh, areas of the industry that have really stepped up. Golf is, is a very, very unique uh, game, unlike any other. Um, certainly lots of other games and, and other sports uh, do a lot of charitable work, but I don't think they they even come close to what the golf industry has done over the many decades. Cindy, would you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's always neat to see, you know, I, I love how they emphasize on both tours, you know, what, how much money was made that week for whatever uh, city that they're in and some local charity that's there. I mean, it's it's just so great. I mean, you don't hear that with any other sports organization, you know, and I'm sure it's going on with some individuals. I mean, Sure. You know, the pro, pro uh, football has their, you know, man of the year award or whatever mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I mean, I think overall just golf just has this desire to connect to where, whatever community they're in. And, um, you know, that's something that I enjoy doing as well. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think also a lot of the legends of the game, both male and female, I think really started it years ago. I know Arnold Palmer and, and, um, you know, many of the uh, LPGA founders and that, um, it was sort of inbred in them. You know, I think obviously it was certainly started before them. But, you know, as they got into the game, recognized very early on that, um, you know, golf was, was important, but so were many other things. And there were just, you know, it transitions on both uh, men and women, of course, but uh, they just did a fantastic job in really setting the spark, if you will, for, for the rest of us to follow. Um, Cindy, go ahead. I know you've uh, probably got some questions. So tell us what you've been up to with all your junior things and the Leadership Academy and yada, yada, yada. You've been changing <laughs> lives. Well, it's been a busy summer uh, thus far, and uh, thank God we've had really no rain when I needed it to not rain, so that's been good too. Um, So golf outside is just a little bit more fun than golf inside. So, um, yeah, we just finished our um, first year of I took over the junior program for my club. Um, So I'm a private contractor, so I've always just done my own golf camps there, and then the club has had their own program. So they were struggling with it a little bit. Um, so I kind of redesigned uh, the model of how it worked. And I felt like I wanted the kids to come on a regular basis all summer instead of just doing a week of golf camp. Because how do you get better? 
you know, you get better by just staying out there, staying at it and having, having fun and making new friends. And then you go out and play on your own. So our program went from like 12 to 15 kids to 52 kids. Um, we had a six week program instead of just a one week program. And then what, uh, how the club did it before was they, they came one day a week. So we had three days a week for six sessions. Um, I didn't expect that kind of a turnout, so I was kind of scrambling in the beginning to hire people to help me. So thankfully, I have a lot of high school and college kids that um, wanted to participate. So they became my coaches, and it kind of became a dual program for me. So I was working with the kids, but then I had to teach my coaches too. (laughs) So it was kind of a a cool thing that happened. Um, And at the end of each day, we would have a little download. So the coaches, we'd all stand in a circle and we'd just do our high-low, which is something that I got from doing the Girls Golf Academy with uh, Nancy Henderson, our chief teaching officer. And we would just go around the circle and we would say our high and our low for the day. And then that gave me an opportunity to help the coaches learn how to deal with, you know, problems with the kids or just a lot of life lessons were in there. And then also just the pure joy that a kid brings to golf that these guys even at age 15 and 16 had kind of forgotten about, you know, because they get bogged down with their their competitions and then their parents and then thinking about college and stuff. So it was actually pretty transformative. It was pretty neat. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, it was cool. And what's happened, and, and so the high school season here in Tennessee starts, it started last week. So the preseason is like they do these invitational tournaments where they'll have these two-day, 36-hole tournaments, so they'll go play in these one-day tournaments. Um, and two of my girls, one, all the talents in the world, they both go to high school, to the same high school together. They're sophomores. Um, one girl was unbelievable in middle school and would shoot in the 70s and win everything, and then she, she just got bogged down, and she couldn't hardly break 90. So... Yesterday, she shot 74, <laughs> so she's back. And then uh, wow. the other girl who just has a lot of talent but couldn't get over mentally, like having just three or four bad holes in 18 holes, she shot 80. So she shot a 39 on one side, so that's the first time she's broken 40. And then she cards an 80. And they both texted me, and they're like, oh, my God. And, you know, they're so excited. And, and I honestly feel like because they've been around the little kids all summer – they kind of have that joy back and they have that perspective back that, Hey, you know, golf is a game. It's supposed to be fun. You know, look what the kids did. I feel like they got energized by it. So it's been really cool. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know that was going to happen. So that's kind of like a bonus thing that like, Oh, okay. I'm going to like, so now I'm going to really think about it for next year because I feel like I could, could have trained them a little bit better, you know, the coaches. So put together, um, something in my head for for next time so cindy any suggestions on that i'll take them <laughs> we can talk at the, the next time i see you mm. i mean it, it was really it was really neat so we're going to do a fall session which i hadn't planned on but the parents are so excited about everything that i just have to keep the kids going so um we're going to organize a five-week fall session for them, and, um, you know, the kids will be busy. My my players will be busy coaching, I mean, playing, but I think I can get a couple of them to help me. Um, so I'm trying to work through that right now. But another thing we did with that program was, um, you know, golf is, is such a good tool to teach the kids about life as well. And um, I know a lot of us right. LPGA pros, we really, you know, take that to heart. So um, another aspect that I – put into the junior program this summer was um, I'm really intrigued with the whole karate belt system, you know, and I, and I really feel like when you see these levels where you can move up and it's something that's like tangible, like that belt, um, I wanted to figure out something kind of like that. So what I did was I made, I gave them a notebook and they got to keep their golf and fitness hours um, above and beyond what they did with me, and then they got to keep their good citizen points, we call them. So any any golf they did, practicing lessons, tournaments, going out with their parents, or doing any kind of fitness above and beyond when they were with me, they got to keep track of that in their notebook, and their parents would sign off on it. So every 10 hours they would get um, – I bought duct tape, the colored duct tape, and I'd put a stripe of tape on the leg of their golf bag. 
so they got to get these stripes hmm. uh, over the summer. And then the other aspect was the good citizen thing, and that was um, any tasks they did at home um, or helped out in the community or anything like that, they keep track of that. So the parents were loving that because my kids are cleaning their room and, you know, stuff like that. So it was kind of funny. <laughs> Um, so kind of won the parents over, you know, the kids were busy. Um, so yeah, some kids really got into it and they had, you know, 10 or 12 stripes on their bag by the end of the summer. It was pretty neat. So that's something I'm going to keep going with too. That's, I Here, like that. That's, that's, kids. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. That's, I think idea, that's fantastic. You know? Yeah. And we'd make a big deal you know, out I, of it. So, um, after a couple of weeks, I'd, you know, say who, you know, who needs any stripes and the the kids would come up with their bag and the coaches would tape them up and then we'd all clap for them and stuff. So, you know, we try to make a fuss over it. So that's cool. Yeah. I, I think that's great, Louise. You know, mm-hmm. you're exactly right. I think the kids, the kids need, and it helps them really in goal setting in their lives. You know, you, you touched on this and I, and I'm a firm believer. I think golf mimics life uh, in so many ways and there's a lot of great lessons that the kids can learn and the fact that you're incorporating some of these things as ways of it, not so much really rewarding them, but as giving them uh, something, a task, if you will, to accomplish. And if they do this over here, there's obviously going to be reward, um, but it's, it's helping them to learn and understand as they go along. It's not just a matter of saying, well, I'll give you this if you do this. It's, it's really teaching them uh, to build character. And uh, that's something mm-hmm. I think golf has, has done very well for, for so many of us. Um, I want to ask you something because you, you kind of touched on this a little bit in, in your last comments about um, really sort of uh, the, the two players you were referring to kind of getting over some of the frustration. And uh, I asked Kendall, who was our, our earlier guest, um, I used an example, of course, they had rain delays in the tournament this past weekend and, and how she sort of handled that. Is it, you know, does it sort of put her in a funk, if you will? So when you're working with students, obviously when the physical part of the game kind of comes off the wheels, there's things that you can do. But what happens mentally when the kids just, you know, you mentioned one, uh, you know, hitting 94 and then all of a sudden hitting 74. How do you get them to, to work through the mental process when, when the wheels fall off the bus, so to speak? Yeah, that that's such a hard, you know, every every case is different. Every student is different. So I think it's being tapped into um, – what makes your students tick? Um, you have to get to know them on a more personal level. It's not just, okay, you're at the lesson tee and then I don't see you till next time or I don't talk to you till your next lesson. Um, so for me, I feel like I'm very invested in all of my students, not just the kids. You know, I care about them as people and I think then you can kind of figure out, okay, well, well how I motivate one is not how I'm going to motivate another one. So um, in that particular case, this girl um, has a lot of trouble with her parents as far as golf, and they put a lot of pressure on her. Um, she has mm-hmm. always, since she was a little girl, said she wants to play college golf and she wants to play on the LPGA Tour. I mean, she's really, has always been really passionate about it. Um, she got to, you know, she did a lot of U.S. kids stuff and, and things, and I just feel like her dad in particular no matter what she did, it was never good enough. It was a classic, you know, she just, I just saw him throwing dirt on her all the time, you know, and, and eventually you get to be a teenager and then you don't care anymore. Like then you're going to do the opposite because you know, it's going to make your parents mad. I don't, I feel like that's kind of what was happening. Um, And I can see her instead of having that fight attitude when she was playing, like if she had a bad hole or something, because before she turned into this um, defeatist attitude, she would like plow through people to win, you know, and then she became the total opposite of that where she would just give up. <clears throat> She'd just give up right away and yeah. then it, she wouldn't care anymore. And then the next thing you know, she's shooting an 88, you know, um, which would really upset her, but she didn't know how to get out of it. Like she, it almost became a habit of her to act that way. So we've gone on the golf course a lot. Um, you know, I, I'll give her a lesson, and really, her, there's nothing wrong with her swing. There's nothing wrong with her short game. Her putting is great. I can stand there and watch her hit balls perfectly at the range for an hour, but that, how is that helping anybody? So I'd take her on the course. I'd let her prove to herself with me around and no pressure that she's just hitting one great shot after another. You know, we'll go out and play six or seven holes. She'll be even par or one under. Like, you can do this. You know, you got to let yourself do this. So, 
that was part of our training was just getting on the course and letting her prove to herself and pointing out to her how great of a shot she hit or, you know, kind of making her talk out loud what was, what she needed to go through to hit the shot so she could kind of learn to believe in herself again. So that's right. one way. Cindy, you know, right, Cindy, Louise um, really just gave a, a, a perfect example of s- some things that we've talked about on the show before where parents sometimes – um, and, and, and I'm sure in a lot of cases um, it's not um, that they're trying to do this or maybe they don't even realize that they're doing this, but sometimes parents just get too you know, overzealous, overanxious, and don't realize the type of pressure. I mean, it's already difficult enough for these youngsters to, to, to go through the paces of, of day-to-day you know, grind out in the golf course and on the lesson tee and, and so forth. Um, but we've talked about this, Cindy, in length at many times about how the parents sometimes just interfere. Um, maybe you can share some, some light onto that as well. Well, but in the last couple of weeks where I have um, students and their parents coming in for lessons who are telling me what's really going on in the Western New York PGA tournaments and mm-hmm. how bad it is that there are parents that like shake their heads, write down things, swear at their children because they're not playing well. It's just really, really bad. And I feel like Mm -hmm. I'm being called to do something about it. And Mm -hmm. I was going to have an event with the LPGA and Louise, maybe we need to do it up here in the winter in the dome Mm -hmm. in Buffalo or something, you know, and, and I was going to call it teaching kids, firing parents. And, and <laughs> well, maybe we might want to soften that a little, Cindy. <laughs> well, but I, I don't know that we need to because I think they need to get right. the message. That, and, and so many of these parents are trying to post things on social media. It's almost like they're trying to become famous through their children. Right. And it's like they're yeah. upset when it doesn't work that way. And there's kids that just some kids have more talent than others. And not everybody's going to play on the LPGA Tour or the PGA Tour, nor do they, nor should they. So what is the goal or mission? And, I mean, there's kids that can shoot in the 90s that get to play college golf. Right. It's just I don't know what the expectation is of the parent, and I'm fearful of what happens. One little girl said to her friend, I'm going to have to hear about this all the way home. Right. Then I'm going to be made to go play nine more holes and get better. And she told that to her friend she was paired with. And I just, I want to go give this girl a hug. I know. But it's just really, really, really sad. It's really bad and it's it's everywhere. And, you know, I'm glad we're talking about this because, I feel like with this program that I started this year and, uh, you know, all the kids that we've got to reach this summer, um, you know, ages 5 to 14, um, you know, some of the kids that are older, you know, they've been playing a little bit and they're competing and, you know, several of them are my students and I feel like I have a good relationship with those parents. But the rest of the parents, I don't really know that well. Like they drop the kids off and then they pick them up, you know, and I truly am going to, you know, and I've always said this, but I'm going to make it happen somehow. I'll let you know how it works. I'm going to make a mandatory parent session this fall that they have to come to, and I'm going to put them in the ballroom, and I'm going to set it up like a classroom, and I'm going to talk to to them about that positive coaching alliance. And really, if they want their kids to succeed in golf, sports, and life in general, this is what you need to do. And this is not me making it up. This is like proven stuff that works because, you know, I have these cute little five, six, seven, eight year old boys and girls. And I'm like, Ooh, you know, in five years from now, they're going to be like this other girl was with, you know, the pressure and I can't do it and the negativity and everything. And I, I just, I feel like if I can put it out there to the parents and make them realize that they're such a huge part of what happens, because we have them for an hour or two or four a day, a week, and then we don't see them. 
you know, and it's what their parents are putting in their heads and how they're being spoken to and, and the pressures that they're getting put on them. And you just played crappy. The last thing you want to do is go out and play more. That's not going to help you, you know. So. Yeah, you know, you, you know, ladies, I, I was just, I, I was just thinking here something, and and uh, you know, Louise, you you were kind of alluding to it with with what you just proposed, and I had a thought, Cindy, and I don't know if this would be uh, beneficial or not. I know you can't video um, actual events happening because obviously there'd be liability issues. You don't want to, uh, you know, shame parents. But I wonder if maybe the LPGA uh, or even maybe on a smaller scale, if you kind of did a mock um, video, uh, an example, in other words, of a, a fictitious parent and their child, you know, going through some of the scenarios that, that Louisa, you just pointed out and, and, and Cindy as well, um, and then brought those parents in, as you suggested, Louise, into uh, a sit down like that and let them watch a video of a parent and how they handle in a negative way their child when they're not measuring up. And I think sometimes, you know, the old saying, a picture is a thousand words. Well, a video in today's uh, society works the same way. And I think if parents yep. see exactly what they look like um, and how um, – and again, you're not making it up. Um, I mean, I would love to just go out and, and, you know, with a camera and just videotape some of these parents doing it. But obviously, you know, they, they're not going to be too happy about it. But at the same time, I think if they saw an example of what you see – um, all the time, uh, maybe would shock them and say, "Hey, you know what? I, I didn't realize I really looked like that." Yeah, what do you think about that. Have you seen the? I think that's fantastic. And Cindy, you've probably seen that uh, movie, The Short Game. Have you guys seen that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yes. it's out there already. You know, there there are right. they follow what five kids, and a couple of those parents are. I mean, one girl's crying during the tournament. She's eight. Yeah. It's like, you know what, really? <laughs> what you're, that's yeah. what the experience you're trying to give your kid in golf? You know, so, I mean, I think we could probably just use that as a as the teaching sure. tool. Yeah, it's already right. out there, but, you know? Yeah, it, well, exactly. That's what I'm saying is just to, you know, some mm-hmm. sort of an example so that parents can see. Because I think that in, in all fairness, and I'm not trying to, uh, you know, throw them a lifeline, but I think a lot of parents don't realize – and, and it's not just in, in out in golf in that. It's in every day. I don't think a lot of parents realize just how they sound when they're talking to yeah, their children. Yeah, they don't. And, well, they don't. I don't know and that you're they right. know that. I, don't, I think the bigger, the bigger issue is they don't realize what they're doing to their kids. It's right. not so much right. they're looking stupid. It's like, do you really think this is helping your son or daughter play better golf? Do you understand mm-hmm. what's yeah. happening? And, and needless to say – I you guys know most of my story. Alan's father yeah. browbeat him so bad that he was afraid, you know, not to play well. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy had right. to yeah. suicide because he didn't live up to the expectations. This is a big deal. So yeah. Yeah. it's near and dear to my heart, and I'm very passionate about it, and I'm glad we're talking about it. Yeah. And I'm going to grab the trailer from the short game, and I think I'm going to post something on on the internet, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do a, a session here in the fall as well. So Louise, let's help change this because this is terrible. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's awful, yeah, really sad, and it's it's so necessary. And it um, and I think you're right, Cindy. It's like the parents, you know, the words come out of their mouths, and they can hear themselves saying it, and and they see the reaction of the kid, but they don't know. Like the kids just take everything to heart. All they're trying to do is have fun and make the parents happy. That's all they're trying to do. They're just looking for that approval from their parents. And, and any little thing that, that kind of squashes that, it just adds up over time, you know, and it's really sad. Yeah. It's yeah, really it, sad. it certainly does. Oh. Um, well, Louise, I want to, I, I hate to say this, but we're actually out of time. The time just zips by I know. so fast. Uh, <laughs> um, we're going to have to, uh, throw you a lifeline and have you come back again another time and, and we'll continue this conversation. Okay. Um, it's, it's a very important uh, topic and I think it's something that Cindy, I think that we should talk more about on this show uh, and maybe we'll actually, again, um, you know, dedicate some, some more time for that particular topic because 
uh, it, it really is, and maybe we can get some other uh, guests and maybe turn this into a panel discussion and talk about some ways that, that we can combat this, because it is a problem, not just in your area, but literally all over the nation and, and even, I'm sure, around the globe. So um, we'll have that. Mm -hmm. um, Louise, very quickly before we, we let you go, I know that uh, you want to let the folks know how they can reach out to you if they're interested, and they're going to be up in your way uh, in Tennessee. Maybe they can uh, get together with you and, and uh, you can help them with their game and, and other things. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I teach at Getty's U Country Club. It's in West Knoxville. Um, and you can just call me. My phone number is 865-382-5575. Perfect. And if they want to learn more mm -hmm. about uh, Belly Rub's uh, Bassett Rescue, where can they go to, to get that information? Yeah, that is um, bellyrubs.org is the website. And there's lots of adorable pictures of Bassett hounds that need homes. <laughs> and uh, you can also donate right there on the website and everything. So, um, yeah, that that would be great. We're always always looking for help, 100% volunteer. Perfect. Well, Louise, thank you thank very you. much for joining Cindy and I this morning. Yeah, great conversation. We enjoyed having you back again, and, and we'll have you back again uh, another time. But uh, have a great uh, day, and, and uh, thank you for joining Cindy and I this morning on the Women of Golf. Okay, thanks, you guys. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. All right. Uh, that was our second special guest uh, this morning, Louise Ball, LPGA professional and owner of director of instruction of TN Golf Academy. Uh, and uh, you can find her uh, all over the internet as well and, and various uh, uh, social media. Um, but we want to thank you for joining us this morning uh, and spending some time with us uh, here on the uh, blogtalkradio.com network's Women of Golf. We hope you'll join us next Tuesday. We're going to have some great guests, uh, some more uh, winners uh, on the Symmetra Tour, and, of course, another uh, interesting guest interview to follow. So on behalf of Cindy Miller and I, I'm Ted Rodrigo. Again, thank you for joining us uh, on the Women of Golf Show. We'll see you next Tuesday from 9 to 10 uh, a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network. Thank you, Cindy. Have a great day. Thank you, Ted. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.